Coming up on this edition of the Golf Digest podcast, we break down Rory McIlroy's big win at the Players' Championship. My God, my swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. Why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! What is this, custom? Mine's off the rack. I wish Tiger Woods was here to help me with this. We'll do it live! Welcome back to the Golf Digest podcast. I'm Alex Myers. Today I'm joined in studio by Sam Weinman and from the road at the Jacksonville airport, Chris Powers, who uh, was at the players at TPC Sawgrass for us this past week. Chris, uh, I understand, you know, you, you had lunch at Chili's, but you're trying to give Chili's a bad rap. The airport Chili's is not the full Chili's. I just want you to know that. I, I I don't know if that's true, but um, <laughs> it is true. <laughs> uh, I I went you know pretty simple chip salsa guacamole. It was you know it was just a snack. It got the job done. Okay, well I'm glad it got the job done. But yeah, you got to go to the real deal. Uh, I also understand you're still doing some reporting, some digging in the airport. You you saw uh, a pretty uh, famous face pop into Chili's for a second. Uh, Brian Wacker? Was... No, uh, no, <laughs> unfortunately not. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, Harry Diamond, Rory's caddy, popped into wow. Chili's for one second, and obviously I hadn't paid my tab or anything yet. So he he asked the bartender some something where where to be directed, and uh, and then he disappeared. And I literally just did, I'm not I'm not exaggerating, ten laps back and forth <laughs> <laughs> around the airport looking for him, and I had no luck. Ah. He's, uh, the one the one that got away. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I was running around all over the airport trying to you know track him down. Maybe ask him, you know, how, how his day was yesterday. Why he's flying uh, by himself and why mm-hmm. Rory didn't you know get him home on the private jet or whatever. And uh, <laughs> can't find him, unfortunately. Ah, it's too bad. You know, that's funny. The the Jacksonville airport. There've been some big sightings. Remember the Martin Keimer? That's right. A few sort years of ago, charging his phone, he was leaning up sitting, against right, the wall, just sitting down, charging <laughs> his phone by himself. Just, Nobody knew who he was. Just, uh, just a yeah. guy looking to get a couple more bars yeah. on his phone. Right. I yeah. saw Kev- I saw <laughs> right. Kevin Na going through security really slowly one time. I snapped a photo. I almost got arrested. You know, you see, I saw Jeff Maggart one time just stalking around. <laughs> he, looks, he just looks miserable all the time, Jeff Maggart. Um, and that was before he almost uh, won this event. All right, let's talk about the event itself. You saw Rory's caddy, but you also saw Rory win um, a huge event obviously down there you know for him to win at all was a big big deal because he's been playing so well but but coming up short obviously um what impressed you the most about watching rory this week i think the um obviously the finish was unbelievable the drive on 16 and you know the tee shot on 17 was a little shaky i think everyone Mm kind of held their breath but he it landed on the green. That's all that matters. And took his two putt. And then the drive at 18 is just to hit driver. And, you know, you got Azinger questioning you on the broadcast mm-hmm. and you just stepped up and kind of laced it. And that's not the first time that a broadcaster has questioned Rory, you know, right. live on air. I remember Johnny, I think it was last year at Bay Hill said he was, he might have been lifting, lifting too many weights. And then Rory kind of stuck, stuck one next to the pin right in Johnny's eye. So, uh, yeah, it was, I was impressed by his finish, and I, I, unfortunately, I didn't get to see a lot of him in action except, you know, in the media center because he is fun to watch. But I was kind of following Tiger a lot of the time, and then uh, Saturday, I really 
followed Ollie when he started to get hot. That was that was fun to watch. But uh, what I did see of Rory and the ending, I, you know, that was impressive. And it, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the whole week had a very major championship hey, wow. feel wow. to it. Checks in the mail. Yeah. Wow. Soon. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm with I'm with Myers. I'm with everybody on on the, it not being a major at all. And I would I would hate to see that um happen i i think that you know we were actually talking myers and i were talking about this about that the other day about uh you know it would just be weird that you're gonna retro you can't retroactively give guys that have wanted a major now that that's weird to me but then myers made the point obviously that i'm sure everyone thought the masters shouldn't be a major when uh when it first became a thing but uh also there wasn't twitter and social media back in the day and all the you know talking heads so I don't think it was as big of a deal back then when the Masters became a major. Right, right, right. Hang on, hang it on. Would Some, be... I... Oh, man, what is that? Oh, it's the player's music. That's oh, it's major so good. music. It's not as good as the old one, though. Well, it's not as good as the In Celebration of Man. No, no, it's not old... as good as the old the players. Old play... I, I oh, like no the... way. This is so good. I mean, it's highly subjective, but I, I like the old one. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. When this first came out, I was like, eh, whatever, it's okay. Yes, I, was, it, I they, agree. It, I, it is so in my head. Although, I, uh, Chris, Round Ball Rock is in my head now, too, after watching the uh, Big East Tournament. But this oh, is, yeah. I think it's a great theme. And, and you know, we joke about the major and, and whatnot, um, but you, you can't argue with the fact that it always seems to produce an exciting finish. I know last year Webb Simpson kind of ran away a little. But, you know, when you have those last few holes, anything can happen. Um, like you said, I mean, Rory has a lead. You know, but until that shot finds the land on 17 and 18, he's not in the clear. And if he goes in the water, he loses. I mean, he probably loses. Not, it's not that he's just going to drop one shot. You're going to probably drop the two shots. So, I don't know, Chris. You know, this is your second year in a row going there. Um, I, I had, you know, I was fortunate enough to go a few years in a row. I, I actually did kind of buy into it eventually. I, I Yeah, I, I don't think it's a major, obviously. or I like that there's four majors. But... You know, it does it does have a different feel than another tournament. You have to say that. Yes, I would 100% agree. And this is not an original take, but I, I think we should just let it be uh, what it is. It should just be the Players' Championship. It doesn't have, you know, it can still feel like a major. It can still look like a major. The leaderboard certainly yesterday looked like a major. But, you know, I, I don't know why it has to be to right. if, if – yeah, I really don't think it, it, it needs the, the major label. I think it's just a – it's the biggest non-major. Obviously, that's you know that's not the label you want, but that's just kind of what it is. You know, we, we've been back and forth over the major thing. I would say a better question is, you know, did it become a bigger deal by going back to March? And one of the ways – I used to think – I think even last week I argued, well, um, you know, when it was – in May, it was sort of out of the shadow of the Masters, and it had it kind of was the big event for May, and so it made it a bigger deal. But now I kind of think, having just you know experienced the last few days, that um, because you haven't had a major championship yet, you're sort of starved for a big event in golf, and you have nothing else to compare it to. It definitely feels like a big event. So that in that context. I feel like it's definitely helped by moving back I, to March. I, I agree a hundred percent. I didn't think it was gonna change the way it's perceived by a lot but once this week came 
I got to say, it was definitely the most I've thought about the players leading into the players than ever before. Uh, you're right, Sam, and we have such a big gap, and now it's going to be even a bigger gap with the, the British Open being the final major of, of the calendar year. So you have a huge gap before the Masters. The players is kind of, you know, they're throwing you this bone before the Masters, and, and I think I'll be interested to see the television ratings and everything else too because I think that um, a lot more people are – you know, ready for, okay, let's go. Let's go right. with a big event now. Um, and, yes, yeah, certainly it's not a major. It's not the Masters. But I agree. I think putting it before the Masters has elevated in status. Um, although, Chris, and I know you were there last year in May. You got to experience that. I mean, the weather, for one thing, is a lot better in May. That's for oh sure. Oh, my God. What did you have to bring? I you had to pack a lot of layers down there. I couldn't I couldn't feel my hands yesterday. I'm not even <laughs> And, and they were talking about like high 40s but it was yeah so friday friday was 85 degrees oh my god yeah, it friday was freezing was nice. and it was i took a couple of pictures of uh i'm sure you saw fleetwood's caddy on yes. the broadcast he was dressed like it was it was the british open yep he had a had hand warmers on the first tee winter hat they had their open championship umbrella out there i mean it was freezing cold and on top of it it's freezing cold in the media center even when it's of course yeah even when it's hot or cold outside and florida <laughs> so cold is but Florida cold. Florida feels, cold is but, freezing. Uh, tough. Yeah. 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 Saturday, I, I forgot my jacket at the hotel. That, that's stung. <laughs> but uh, but Sunday, but Sunday, I was bundled up. Uh, the course itself, though, I have to say, looked fantastic. I know the broadcasters, uh, you know, I know, the PGA Tour guys are in their ears or whatever. I mean, they, they, they kept harping on it over and over again, how green it looked, the overseat, everything else. But it did look really good. It looked good. great. It looked, it looked awesome. Fantastic. And Rory... Yes. Rory actually said that, um, you know, and some of the other players too, that it, it actually makes a difference for these guys. Like the the sight lines are more clear for them off the tee, and and when your when your game is, you know, so heavily based on your driving, you could see why that would make a big difference for Rory when he can kind of see things more clearly um, off the tee. But uh, you know, again, Chris, c- comparing it to the other years, uh, it's interesting though because with the overseed. That, you know, we heard that term so much in the greener, lush conditions. You know, it's supposed to be a slower course, but yet, uh, right. and, so that makes sense that a, a bomber like Rory won. But then you have a guy like Jim Furyk, obviously the antithesis of a bomber. He comes in second place and and almost you know looked for a second like he was going to win. So, I think it still speaks to the fact that this course sets up for a bunch of different players. Right, and. Uh obviously precision and yeah. being able to shape shots is, is a huge thing there. And I think that's why Furyk contended. And that's what he said. He said he likes to, uh, you know, he's, he's only going to play 18 to 20 events now each year. And he said, he's going to pick and choose his spots that reward creativity. And, you know, obviously where, you know, that are not too long and penal with the rough. And so he's going to go to places like colonial, I'm sh- I'm sure he'll be at the Heritage. He's won it, so he, right. he, he's in that field. And uh, um, and he obviously wasn't even in the field right before the Honda, but it was he was lucky to get in and uh, took advantage of it for sure. And now he's going to be in the match play too. He moved all the way up. He moved up about 100 yep. spots in the world ranking, up to 57 in the world ranking. So pretty amazing job, Sam. You're you're more of our mental guy, uh, <laughs> author of, of a, author of, a of a win it, win it losing here. Great book. Um, <laughs> No, but I want to talk about Rory. 
you know, we talked about it on Saturday, but how key was it that he wasn't in that final group? Do you think that made a difference? I mean, maybe a little bit just because it's such a narrative on its own that Rory right. can never get it done on a Sunday um, with the lead or in the final group. I, you know, I, I, I don't know what to make of Rory because obviously we've kind of been pretty hard on him the last few weeks his inability to sort of deliver on Sunday but it's sort of the same thing that makes him so frustrating is what makes him um so clutch is he just he just sort of he just sort of goes you know and when he when he is uh in a bad way he just kind of continues down that path and then on Sunday he you know he had that bounce he's sort of um going from one hole next he had so much confidence his chest is out and it just seems like he he continues on that road nothing's really going to push him in another direction so I feel like I don't know if it's because he was in the you know he was in the penultimate group and not in the final group but for whatever reason like he kind of started down this path of 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 good vibes and it it sort of fed off itself even it's worth noting when he had a couple of slip-ups where yeah. you know he had a, an early bogey and then a bogey on the on the back nine which could have been yeah. you know in another scenario could have been fatal for him but he just seemed like he's much more um buoyant this time than he was a week ago even yeah you know unfortunately that narrative still will be there when he gets in a final group again no i, I, know, I don't think so though you uh, won a big tournament near uh, the lead i don't uh, the final group is such a you know you're talking about real granular stuff it, it like is that. pretty granular because you're right he's one shot off the lead but th- you know this was we're obviously referring i think it was what nine times in a row that he was in a final group that he didn't win now of course he didn't always have the lead a couple times he was a couple shots off the lead but there have been a few already this year, and we've seen you know he's racked up these top six finishes. He had he had now six top six finishes in a row, um, and he finally gets a, a victory. But you know a couple of these situations, like we were talking about, um, you know just the week before at Bay Hill, you're one shot off the lead going to the final round against Matthew Fitzpatrick. You tie him on the third hole. You should win that tournament. Yeah, you're Rory McIlroy. I mean, you know, you're one but of the greatest players of all time. Let me, let me let me put it to you this way, both of you. Okay, it's it's Saturday night at the Masters. Okay, Rory is uh, tied for the lead or has a one shot lead. He's in the final group. Is your question really going to be, well, you know, given your struggles yeah. uh, in final rounds, you know, in the final pairing, do you feel like you can get over the hump? He just won the Players Championship. Right. It just seems like it renders that discussion fairly well, moot. You know, I actually think that still will be a question, though, just because this whole streak kind of started at last year's Masters when he was in the final yep. group, and he was very cocky about it, let's be honest. He, he said it's <laughs> going to be a good day or something like that. He kind of made it like he was going to beat Reed, and he got whooped. And I mean, he, he did not play well. He dropped, you know, poorly down the leaderboard. So I think it's still a question, unfortunately. You know, look, we all are big Rory fans. Let's get that out of the way. This When we are critiquing him it's tough love because it is, yeah because a we hold him up to higher standards but we should he's better than everybody well, else i mean he just is i mean you know well. sure just you could make a case for dustin johnson um you know being as good but he doesn't have the resume that rory does with the four majors and and he's had four majors now for almost five years it's it's mind-boggling you know how good he is and how quickly he ascended uh, to be one of the greats. In fact, yesterday, he's now just Jack Nicholson and Tiger Woods have done what Rory's done. 15 tour wins, including four majors before the age of 30. So that, I mean, that's remarkable. So that's why we're, we're so hard on him. We just kind of expect more. But you're right, this, this, will, this will help him. I also think that you have to factor in who he was playing with mm-hmm. on uh, yesterday. So, I mean, yes, John Rahm, world-class player, Tommy Fleetwood, those are the two guys that he was chasing yesterday. But I, I feel like, for all intents and purposes, he was the guy. 
even mm-hmm. even even a shot back. So yeah. and he delivered when he was the guy going going mm-hmm. into Sunday. So if it's uh, Sunday and um, it's Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka, then he's chasing. Then you could say, well, you know. He didn't really deliver in the final group, or, right. you know. But this is different. He he had all, you know there was there was an expectation that he should win this tournament if he plays well, and he did. Uh, Chris, obviously the 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 guy who fell the most yesterday was John Rahm. He had the lead, yeah, fifty four hole lead at the Players, which uh, I've got a, a stat later to show just how difficult that is. But you know the seventy six. It's a little misleading. He he went for broke yes. on seventeen, right? He was kind of out of it, mm-hmm. but obviously. The 11th hole, the decision with the caddy, the video that we've all seen, the video that the tour has actually taken down, um, that that interesting back and forth with the caddy. You know, could you could you make any sort of a case for him going for the green in two there at 11? Uh, based off the video, no, yeah. I, I cannot. And uh, I don't know. Did you see what Brandel said, uh, yes. said about it? Yes, most baffling decision in <laughs> players' history. <laughs> Love it. Keith Brandel. I mean, Love what it. a take. I, what a I take. really appreciate that take. Yeah. yeah. In player's history. Um, in player's no, history. I, there's, there's no case. Even his, even his argument for um, why he didn't want to lay up because he didn't feel yes. confident enough with, I, I don't know, what, what would have been a 100-yard wedge shot maybe? Yeah. Which is where he that ended up having to drop, it. which is where he ended up having to drop anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that he, I mean, he was I, trying to avoid it, it that. Was, it, no, but he was—he didn't want to have that shot, which is, you know, it's still a fairly easy you know, shot. Right. Yeah. I don't know. The, the one thing you can't—you just cannot do what he did. Right. The one thing I you will say—you can't make say, a bogey on on a par five like that. You can't. And what was even worse, and it, you know, probably didn't help, was that he parred the twelfth, which is basically a par three, par three point two maybe. Right. And so he—he kind of—he lost. I'd say two and a half shots to the field on those two holes. And, um, you know, obviously he was never able to catch up again. He was tied for the lead. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, it's crazy. The, the one thing I will say is that Rory did pull off a similar-ish shot on the 11th hole from the fairway bunker. Now, I think he had a better lie. He didn't have to hook it as Correct. much, right? Right. Um, Rom really had to hook it around the trees. And and as um, I think who was saying it, uh, Azinger probably – when you're downwind, it's tougher to make the ball move, which is a great mm-hmm. point. And so, you know, he didn't come up, come close, really. So I will say, though, Rory did pull that off, and people give him credit, and he made an easy birdie, and that kind of jump-started him. But, yeah, it, you know, when your caddy is, is that in your ear saying, bro, let me get you over to here, um, and then he shakes his head before right. you set up, that's unbelievable. I mean, I've watched <laughs> the video like 10 yeah, times. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I I just feel like it's easy to 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 um, second guess him now, and obviously it was a terrible mistake. But I feel like in his mind, he he sees a shot, he wants to hit it. The shot that you're opting for is the quote unquote safer shot, and for whatever reason, he felt like he wasn't comfortable with that. I don't know if he was talking about the layup or the wedge shot, and maybe both. Mm-hmm. He just didn't feel comfortable hitting that shot, so he doesn't even want to consider it in yeah. his mind. I have a shot in my mind, I want to hit it, and. No question that that um, Adam Hayes, his caddy, was was making the right decision by sort of encouraging him to play it safe because he kind of had the full picture of what could happen in his mind. He ended up being right, but in in Rom's mind, it's like you know, it's a shot. I want to hit it. I don't even want to consider the other option. And that little bit of doubt, I think, is part of the reason why it ended up where it did. Yeah, and you know, after 
he alluded to the doubt that crept into his mind, kind of hinting at uh, the caddy, putting the doubts there that he, when he first got to the shot, he thought he could hit it, no problem. Um, and, um, you know, because of the caddy interaction, he's kind of hinting that that threw him off. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can kind of repair that relationship. That's a pretty public thing to happen. I saw Michael Collins, who's a veteran caddy yeah. on tour, but he said something about how watching them after the tournament was over, like, was, you know, the, and he says it was apparent their relationship was strong. Was good. Okay. You know, because there I should think, be a back and forth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think, you know, you don't know the full story. You just right. see what you saw there, which is a caddy. Um, them getting a little bit heated in the moment and one of them being wrong. And that could be, you know, with a more precarious pairing, it could be the end of the relationship. But I feel like they're probably on stronger footing. We just saw a small window of it. Yeah. No, and, and it's it's unfortunate for Rom, but, he, you know, he's 24. He's, he's going to win eventually some of these big tournaments. But he's still kind of without a big, big tournament. I know he won at Torrey. But no players, no majors yet. He's still my master's pick. I'm on the record with that, and so I'm I'm, out, I'm almost kind of glad he faded away at the end yesterday because everyone would have jumped on board. Uh, but he's still I, he his odds did improve. He's now up to sixteen to one. But if he had won yesterday, he'd be you know probably twelve to one, one of the favorites. So um, uh, you know, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about Tiger Woods, another one of the Masters favorites. Obviously, an interesting week for him. Didn't get off to a great start. Actually, it seems like he didn't get off to a great start in any of his rounds. But he, you know, he battled back. He made the cut. Um, he got into contention for briefly before that seven. Chris, how stunning was that when you know the greatest player of all time drops two balls in the water? That must have changed the entire atmosphere at TPC Sawgrass. Yes, I had I had actually just gotten out there in time to mm. mush his entire round. Good job. And Good uh, job. he he had made the birdie at. 16 and it you know it it was still friday morning and it already it had that atmosphere of like mm-hmm. oh oh man so, something's about to happen ty he's two back two two within the lead and uh that first one obviously we couldn't see it back at the tee we couldn't see it go in but the the crowd reaction let uh let everybody back at the tee and tiger know that it was in the water and then uh the the drop area fiasco um, didn't did himself no favors, and uh, to go from you know three under on the day to one over, it it did really feel like the the life kind of got sucked out of the tournament. And uh, but obviously the weekend made up for that. Mm-hmm. Rory winning is always you know uh, an electric uh, ending to a tournament, and the leaderboard was great. But there was that feeling on Friday morning of you know like uh, I guess uh, I guess the life is completely completely gone now. You know, if you look really closely at Tiger after he hits the first shot, he kind of looks disgustedly over at Powers. <laughs> like, you ruined my vibe here. Why, did, being why did you come yeah. out? Why I, did I had you it going the so media? well. So I know. Who is the kid in the New York Yankees hat? Yeah. Why is he following this? Um, you know, then obviously afterwards, the big story, that not till that night, became that he actually could have taken a drop on that walkway which, you know, one of our colleagues, John Huggins, John Huggins loves to point out that it's not an actual island green. I'm rolling my eyes. Uh, but he, that he could have taken a drop on that walkway because his ball landed on the green and rolled off. You know, obviously, Tiger was asked about that the next day, and uh, it seems like he, he was unaware of that option, and it could have saved him at least three shots, maybe even four if he hold you know, a crazy putt. Yeah, it kind of uh, seemed like he blamed 
the marsh or the mar the la- marshals or lack thereof. I guess there was no marshals at at that green. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's kind of what he blamed it on that that no one told him. And but I mean, you should still know that if that's a possibility. Sure. And he obviously didn't. It kind of just he kind of just went straight to the drop area, dropped it, and it, you know he didn't really waste much time. And, right. And uh, obviously it cost him four shots, which you know he won't. He would have been still six back, but. Yeah, there's no way of knowing, you know, if he gets the six under there or, you know, makes the par. There's no way of knowing how that affects the rest of his round. Right. Uh, you know, obviously there was another interesting rule situation on Sunday with Webb Simpson on the 14th hole. He, you know, he got his putter tangled up in his shirt and he accidentally knocked the ball about a quarter of an inch, he said. And he wasn't sure if it was a penalty or not, but he ended up getting penalized. And afterwards, he said, let me be clear on this. There should be intent in the rules and, you know, complained about it because obviously he is saying he didn't intend to move the ball. Uh, what do you guys think about the whole situation? I mean, I 100% agree. I mean, it's such a, like, again, arcane situation that, first of all, if he's on the green, it's not an issue because then he can replace it. Am I, am I right? Right. So, he, so he was the on fact, the fringe. He was on the fringe. Yep. He nudges it, you know, a quarter of a, you yeah. know, an inch and as a result of that, he's penalized a stroke. You know, I get it. I get it. You know, intent invites all sorts of gray area, and that's what they're trying to avoid. And um, But I feel like there's a lot of moments of intent in golf where the player's given the benefit of the doubt, and this feels like such an easy one to fix in this situation. So uh, I agree. It's unfortunate. Of course, you could also talk about um, the fact that Webb Simpson is sort of flirting with another uh yep. rule situation by having his putter head putter. near his shirt in the first place it's but, true um not saying he's breaking the rules but like you know he does have an unorthodox putting stroke by today's standards so you know again it's every week with something like that it's got to be so frustrating for these guys who are um who are playing and potentially losing tournaments or losing out on big money to you know with a high finish on rules that have nothing to do with how well they played that week. Yeah, I was going to say, Webb's big, bulky putter did not help this situation. But, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if anybody's really talked about this. Um, you know, there was a few years ago, I think it was uh, Zurich before they became the team event, where Webb had a ball move on the green and it ended up costing him a stroke. And, he, and, and I think Bubba Watson ended up winning the tournament. And you know they changed this rule, right? And so, and so they have changed the rule where if it happens on the green, you don't get penalized. And and I agree with that. It's it's ridiculous if it happens on the green. So he's kind of not gotten the benefit of the doubt, and then not gotten. But they changed the rule after it happened for him. In, yeah, in so he Zurich. didn't. He didn't. I'm saying he he got screwed there yes. because he got penalized, and now this happened to him where it's just off the green. Right. So both times he didn't get the benefit of the doubt. That being said. You know, I heard people talking about this on the radio. Um, there are a lot of situations where if you're off the green, if you move the ball by accident, you could then get to take a drop or replace the ball. And and, and Webb Simpson would never do that. And obviously in this case, he clearly had no intent of nudging the ball. But if you didn't have that in there, if it, if, they, if you let, oh, did he intend to do it? If you put that in there, then people could just say, oh, I knocked my ball by accident. Oh, I got to replace it. And then but you're they still have a going better, back to the same spot. They have so a better, what, what advantage? They, they might, he might be in a, a little you're hole. You're supposed to replace it to the same spot. But who? But that's what I'm saying. Okay, it fine, gives you not, a chance to replace it. It opens the door for some shadiness. That's all I'm saying. It op- and uh, it opens the door. That's all I'm saying. Again, Webb never would do that, and this obviously was not the case because he had a 
putt from the fringe. It wasn't a big deal. He didn't have a bad lie or anything. But I don't know. I think there's already too much intent in the rules. We already talked a few weeks ago about how you need a lawyer out there following each group to, you know, argue someone's case. It's it's already getting too crazy. So I don't know. I think if you you know if you mess up, you drop a, you you kick your ball, whatever. That's on you. Um, you you got to be more careful. I don't know, Chris. What do you think? Um, I all I'll say is I'm not surprised that Sam is siding with Webb because he has a history of nudging his That's ball. That's right. On the green, he does uh, on accident. <laughs> yeah, in my case, I'm actually legitimately cheating. Like I'm trying to gain an advantage. So I feel for guys who aren't even going that far. No, I'm kidding. I mean, like again though. It's like one of those things where if you're just a little sloppy, as I'm known to be, just, you know, kicking a ball inadvertently. <laughs> my big thing, as you all know, is I take a practice swing very close to yeah. my ball when I'm chipping and putting. And sometimes I do by, clip the ball by yeah. mistake. No, I've seen you do but, it. I know yeah. you have. But so what What? Yeah, but then when you replace it back, you might be giving yourself a better lie. That's why it's right. sometimes yeah. it's in you know sometimes it happens in like a yeah. you know do or die match you know yeah but, I mean you, you know it's neither here neither here nor there yeah. <laughs> I don't like what you're implying um, <laughs> all right let's talk about a couple guys who had bad weeks um, Jordan Spieth we'll start with him uh, seventy six in the opening round he battled back on day two but missed another cut this is still now I think he's played nine events his best finishes a T35. You know, he's the guy we always say, "Oh, we can turn it on at the Masters." But now we're you know, yeah. we're getting a few weeks out. What do you are you starting to worry about him? Well, for for starters, I think that this is maybe the worst possible golf course to try to find your game because if you you know, it's like one of those places where if you have a little bit of doubt yeah. and everything's just a little bit off, and unfortunately, I think the Masters or Augusta is very much the same right. way. Maybe he's got a few more good vibes there just from history. But but you're right, like it's just one of those places where he probably isn't that far off. But if you don't, you know, you're not trusting, you know, whatever it is, this this swing, this draw into this hole, um, mistakes compound themselves pretty drastically there. So. It's worrisome. I, I, it's fair to say that you know he's not a favorite to win the Masters based on his form right now. Um, you know, long term, I think he'll be fine. It's just one of those things where he he needs to kind of get some you know a foundation of positive play in first. Chris, did you even get to see Jordan before he was gone? No, I didn't realize he yeah. was playing in the tournament this week. <laughs> It's a, no, I mean seriously, it's uh, what last week or a couple weeks ago he wasn't even in the four featured groups they were showing on PJ right. Tour Live. I mean, right now, he, you know, he's not even a top 100 player right now. I, I'm talking about just yeah. for this year. I'm not saying, like, of course, if I were to rank them all. I think he has fallen to 30th in the world golf ranking, by the way, which is stunning. Um, it's also just interesting because, you know, we've talked about how hard we are on Rory McIlroy. Compare what Rory McIlroy struggles to these struggles. Right. I mean, it's night and day. Right. Yeah. One is we're talking about a guy's inability to, to, to win a tournament while in contention and playing very well, and one who's not playing well at all. And, right. you know, it, it's like, it's funny because Jordan is in that rare realm of golfers. Tiger Woods was certainly one. I'm sure Jack Nicholas at a point like in the early 80s and late 70s was another where, um, you know, for most golfers, when they're not playing well, they're just anonymous. You know, they just, right. a lot of guys don't play well and they have these periods where you just don't hear their names and, and the focus is on other guys. But when you're, you know, a three-time major champion and you and you, and you you don't play well, it, it invites so much scrutiny and he's just, he's feeling it now more than ever. And again, like, he's not allowed the opportunity to sort of find his game on the fly because every round he plays, people are waiting for him to sort of, 
you know, get back to, to doing what he does. Well, the good news for him after Friday's round, he said, putting's back. It's very close to being top of the world right. again. Good for so, him. Good for him. Wow. He's staying positive. And now you could argue he had 24 putts on a 69. That means the ball striking wasn't sure. exactly there. Sure. But uh, anyway, uh, the, the other guy I wanted to mention briefly is Brooks Kepka, who it, it kind of came out over the weekend uh, that he's lost 24 pounds. He's being very mysterious about it. And he mentioned something about by Wednesday, we'll see. People are speculating he's doing like an ESPN body mm-hmm. uh, issue shoot or, or whatever and he says it's only four months of my career um chris did you notice that brooks looks any different and and what do you you make of this it's a it's a weird um a weird time to do whatever he's doing with you know with the majors coming up with the players right obviously to to make such a lifestyle for, for a guy that i, I mean i've never seen him I guess we have seen him without a shirt off on uh, on Instagram before. It looks like he has a pretty good body without right. having to lose 20, 24 pounds. Yeah, no, I was wondering if that infamous thong pick that Brooks was in, if that, you know, maybe. Pre or post? That he posted, you know, and it looked. Maybe he he didn't like it. Yeah, he was self conscious. Now he wanted to lose the weight, but I don't know. It's it's so bizarre. I mean, he says he's lost ten to twelve yards off the tee. He's dropped to forty sixth in strokes gained off the tee. Of course, this is right after Joel and I make him our third pick of the uh, overall in the draft for our fantasy team. Now he did almost win at Honda. Um, you know, so it's not like he's it's not like he's been playing terribly or anything. Uh, it's not like he's been playing like Jordan Speed. But, but it's interesting. You know. First of all, we don't know for a fact that it's the body issue. So no, we don't. That, we don't. But, but, but yeah. let's let's just follow that thread for a second. Suppose that he's doing that, and the ESP, which is a big honor. Obviously, it sort of transcends golf. It's a you know, it's a great um, star making opportunity for a guy who's certainly you know a star in golf, but maybe it becomes like a bigger figure just in the world of sports. Yep. But you know, you're saying, hey, do you want to be uh, do a photo shoot on March? 20th that's wednesday right it's right. just march 20th you look at your kind of like, oh, it's the week after the players it's right. two weeks before the masters i don't want to be and then and then saying well if i'm going to do it i want to lose a lot of weight first of all think about all the stories of guys who have lost weight in golf david duval bubba watson yep. rory McIlroy. they never end well there's never oh he lost a lot of weight and started playing out of his mind it right. always is someone you know a little bit off especially when a guy kind of has you know obviously won two majors he's in great form why would you change anything about the way you're playing exactly why would, why you, would change you change anything? i mean again you, you know those yeah. photos are forever though you want right. to, you want to look good but uh, <laughs> well i i agree but on this you know and everyone does it before their wedding chris you got a wedding coming up you'll be dropping pounds too you won't be snacking <laughs> yeah, you should step, out, step away from the, the chilies right the, now yeah, chris, the, but. the m&ms in our office you won't be eating them as much no but if you take those photos um wouldn't you want it to be an accurate representation of yourself because first of all he's obviously a great athlete he's in great shape as is why not just show that off first why? of all we don't we don't know i mean right, we I, don't even know but, but know. i will say know. that if you listen to first of all the what i don't even want to get into is um another podcast i listened to with a bunch of hockey players like tyler tyler sagan who's a great hockey player chris knows you don't know alex you don't follow hockey no but he did that he and jamie ben did the <laughs> Did the uh, ESPN body issue, and there was all this uh, insecurity about exposing themselves, and I'm not talking about their pecs um, around all these people, and so they were. So, um, you know, you hear stories about that. I, like, I agree with with Chris. 
Kepka looks pretty good. I don't know why he would want to change anything about the way he looks, especially if, if you know, this is the body, like yeah. you said, that has sort of yeah. uh, carried him to three majors so far. Yeah. So, but again, we're always speculating. It could be like he's having a colonoscopy for all we know. <sighs> Who knows? <laughs> right, wait, wait. I hope you put the pounds back on, Brooks. Need to just start booming it again. All right, let's wrap up with a few awards. Best one-day story. We talked a little about Jim Furyk, but uh, Jim Furyk, you know, way to, way to go. Way to get in there. Um, you know, almost pull off a player's championship win. The guy hasn't won in years, um, hasn't really contended in a long time either. But, Sam, I wanted to know what you thought. I mean, we were marveling at a, you know, 48-year-old almost winning a tournament. You're, you're getting close to that age. What do you think <laughs> What do you think about that? As a fellow short-hitting middle-aged man, how do you feel? shocking that Jim Fuhrer could contend at that age. I mean, I guess. First of all, you know, you mentioned earlier that, um, you know, it's soft, and as a result, it sort of plays out of the hands of of shorter hitters and into the hands of the power guys. The other way of looking at it is, if you're Jim Furyk and you are you you make your living hit, hitting you know fairway woods and and hybrids into greens, you obviously have a better chance of holding it um, on, in soft conditions than you do in firm conditions. So it plays as an advantage to you to some extent. Um, you know, he, you know the the one thing about Jim Furyk that when he was having those struggles, um, you know, 2000 what was it 12 U.S. Open Olympic, he had a couple close calls in majors. He kind of had some you know collapses late in tournament. This was not a collapse. I mean, he birdied the last hole, hit a, an epic shot into 18. Um, you know, it, it, it's rare where a guy has a flash of lightning, contends in a tournament like this, and builds on it and wins another big tournament at this age. It's kind of like a moment, mm-hmm. but. If ever there was a, an opportunity to feel good about your performance into the rest of the season, it would be it would be this because he did perform under the you know the most amount of pressure he's had in a long time and and performed quite well. So, uh, you know he's he's a great player, a great ball striker, and and uh, you know obviously had it rolling well last week. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, where's the place he could contend? Not going to contend with Augusta, but he could contend. It certainly Pebble's not the longest. Oh, Chris, uh, Chris mentioned Heritage. Heritage. I'm talking about. Are you talking majors, big events? Majors, so yeah, I mean Pebble. Beth Page, no. Uh, Port Rush, you know, he's a, you just, you never know. I wouldn't discard a guy like that. He's a world-class player and he certainly could, could sort of, you know, channel it one more time. Yeah. Last win came at the 2015 Heritage. Also of note, it was his uh, 31st runner-up of his career since 1995. He's tied with Tiger for the second most. You know who has the most? Runner's up. Runner-up. He's got a lot, he's got a lot at the U.S. Open. I'll, I'll give it away. Tom Lehman? Phil. Yeah. Oh, Phil. I mean, Philly I'm Mick. Like, yeah. He's got a 35. But, you know, unlike Tiger and Phil, and I think VJ was next on the list, they, they all have a lot more wins than mm-hmm. they do. Or maybe not a lot more. They have more wins. Tiger has a lot more than the runner-up. Furyk does have an interesting 17 to 17 wins, 31 runner-ups. So he's had a lot of times where he's he's just come up close. Um, all right, this week pros are just like us. we got to talk about Tiger and Na, the, uh, the exchange. And they're not like us because they both made birdies, obviously. But I'm talking about just busting, you know, your buddy who has a quirk. You know, we already made fun of Sam for ch- trying to cheat and everything. You know, <laughs> the endearing little quirk <laughs> you know, I have. Stuff, stuff like that. To... You know, the scorecard, he can never <laughs> never add it up. He doesn't add up one hole per, per nine. Um, that kind of stuff. I don't know, Chris, you know, with, with your friends, I mean, A, it was kind of shocking to see Tiger do that. I know this is the kinder, gentler Tiger, but still, you know, he'd had a rough day. For him to kind of joke like that with Kevin Na was pretty cool. Yeah, I can't imagine uh, Tiger being whatever he was, 10 shots back of the lead in, you know, 2007 on Saturday. I can't imagine him smiling the way he smiled uh, after that whole exchange. That was was fun to see, the new, gentler Tiger for sure. Obviously, uh, 
it'd be nice to see the meaner tiger on Sundays again, someday <laughs> soon. But, uh, yeah, for him to be completely out of contention and, you know, total yuck fest with, uh, Kevin, Nod, I, I think it's, it's it was a lot of fun to, to say. I loved it. I also do like when Nod does that. I think it's funny. I think I love how Kevin Nod, he's got two wins, is like the most cockiest player out there. And he was he was maybe not even going to break 80 that day. And he still walked in his putt on 17. I mean, yeah. it, it, I just love it. Um, all right. Our stat of the week uh, comes from Justin Ray, as it does so often. Uh, and I, this goes back to the players kind of feeling like a major this is an incredible stat. 54-hole leaders or co-leaders at the players since 2007. This is 17 players. Zero final rounds in the 60s. 75 scoring average. Combined to par, plus 51. And Rom, of course, oh shoots God. four over 76 to add to that list. So, you know, if you're heading – you can't tell me that that's not a major pressure, that these guys aren't feeling the heat coming down the stretch. So does this fuel your earlier contention that Rory didn't get over one hump because he wasn't in the final group and he didn't have the lead? So in other words, the players is now what you're saying, notorious. What are you, Chris, you getting a, your jalapeno poppers? Yeah, what's going, what's going on? on? It's really loud. <laughs> He's freaking announcements on the, on the loudspeaker. My God. Well, Harry Diamond, please report. <laughs> um, He's standing right here. Come and find him. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, that's that shows that whether it's because it's late in the day or it's just, you know, the pressure of winning a players it shows that that's a that's a, an, you know, a real toll. It's toll. Yeah. No, I no, I agree. I agree. Uh, but it just I, it was interesting because I know at any tournament you'd probably see some stats like this. I know it's hard to close the deal on the tour in general, but these are pretty eye popping numbers. Um, OK, let's finish up, guys. Uh, Chris, before we let you go, uh, who do you like this week at the Valspar? Oh my God! Um, <laughs> Put you on the spot. They have to play I this guess, week too, Chris. Yeah. I, I guess you got to like the way Sergio played. Okay. At, uh, he, he's in the field this week, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sixteen to one. Yeah, you you got to like the way he played at uh, Sawgrass, especially after all the uh, the incident in uh, Europe and all that. But uh, mm-hmm. obviously, he's repairing his image as best as he can, and uh, he had is. had a decent week this week. And uh, I'll, I'll go with Sergio. All right. Yeah, he helped with a uh, marriage proposal on uh, the Island Green on, on Wednesday before the tournament started. Sam, who do you like? Um, I see Jason Day is in the field at 10-1. to 1. Obviously, had a you know pretty strong finish to the players. I mean, he's a talk, we talked about all the guys that were in the mix yesterday. He had a, a brief sniff of, uh, of the lead, or was it like within a shot of the lead? So, what's going on? <laughs> You got your standby flight coming through? That was the loudest one, yeah. <laughs> that was really loud. Lady, really, on the lady really doesn't oh like God. really doesn't like my Jason Day pick. Yeah. Uh, Jason Day, 10 to 1. So. Okay, Jason Day. Yeah, it was good to see him play well, I've, I've, obviously, after that withdrawal uh, with the back injury. I'm going to go Tommy Fleetwood. Back-to-back weeks in Florida. He has been the 36-hole co-leader going to the weekend. Obviously, he didn't get the job done. But, um, you know, both top five finishes. It's not like he, you know, totally tanked either time. And uh, at 12th in the world, he's the highest-ranked guy without a PJ Tour win. He's, he's long overdue for that. All right, Chris, we'll let you go. Catch your plane, man. Uh, have a safe trip back. Thanks for joining us. Uh, from the players. Oh, what a, what a, great, what a great theme song. We're going to have to pay a licensing great. fee. We're probably in trouble. All right, man, see you soon. Later.
All right, Sam. Good stuff. Uh, Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Chris for joining us uh, in between meals at the Jacksonville Airport. And uh, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already. Check back next week to see who our guest is.